All right, I've got four words for you. <laughs> Do you want to know what they are? You said you have four words for me? Yeah, four of them. Yeah. Turkey dinner candy corn. <laughs> what do you think about that? Conjures up an image for sure. Yeah, what does it make you think about when I say turkey dinner candy corn? A turkey made out of candy corn being served for A turkey dinner? dinner? No. Is that what it is? Well, that's what I said. It's turkey dinner candy corn. Now I'm sort of picturing like a turkey that's stuffed with candy corn. So a bird. Yeah. Yeah. Pulled all out of its innards. Yep. And instead of. Gutted. Instead of, you know, for example, like a cornbread stuffing, you just pack that thing full of candy corn. Yeah. What do you think would happen if you baked it like that? I. So if I am thinking of the same candy corn that you're thinking of, it's like. What kind of candy corn are you thinking about? Like sweetened corn. Sweetened corn? Yeah. So you're thinking about real corn like grows out of the ground. Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of like the little sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The little triangles. The little triangles. Yellow, orange, white, tree colors. Exactly. I've seen yeah. some with like brown and green on yeah, them as well. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. Why? Uh, but anyway, that's not what I mean. When but I, I would imagine they would all liquefy if yeah. they were inside the bird, which yeah. was inside the oven. Yeah, because you're cooking that for a long time at a low temperature, so mm-hmm. it might not burn or catch or something, but it would certainly melt. It would melt and then, yeah, catch. And you'd have something of a mess on your hands. <laughs> yeah. What I mean when I say turkey dinner candy corn that? is... Uh, Literally, I guess it's a thing that you can get, but it's a varietal of candy corns where it's they're like it's like Skittles. Yeah. You know, where you have you know, in Skittles you, you have your lemon, you have your lime, yeah. you have your cherry, you have the your full raspberry, rainbow. all the different colors. Yeah. So this is different colored candy corns, but then flavored, supposedly turkey, mashed potatoes, <laughs> green beans. <laughs> Where did you hear about that? That's like that's fucking disturbing. Man. I I saw a tweet about it. Did you verify? And uh, I mean, I just looked at the tweet, and uh, in the tweet, I just saw the phrase "turkey dinner candy corn," <laughs> and that sounded like something it, for us to discuss. Yeah, it's it does have a nice ring to it. it yeah, really look at this. I've got well. a picture of it for you. Mashed potato flavored candy corn. There's got to be some better way to. Oh my Turkey. god! Oh my. Turkey dinner candy corn. Potato sweet potato pie. Yeah, Crayon. tell the listener what you're looking at right now. Describe I'm looking it for at them. A bag of Brocks from, and from what I remember, they made all of like the cheap candy that you could buy in the bulk sections at fucking Walmart and stuff like that. And they have created yes. <laughs> an abomination, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, turkey dinner candy corn. The flavors are as follows: green beans, roasted turkey, cranberry cranberry sauce. I would try. Yeah, that's the only one that's sort of amenable to it. Ginger glazed carrot. Fuck that. <laughs> Sweet potato pie and stuffing. Sweet potato pie could potentially be good, but none of them really tan. 
like winners, you know, candy corn essentially is just sugar. So that's really what you're just trying to eat is just the sugar. Dude, is this a real thing? Drinking dinner candy corn. <laughs> it's real. Tell me I'm wrong. That is so weird, dude. Yeah. Would you try it? Yeah, I'd try it. Every single one of them? Yeah, I'd try every single one. Really, At dude? At least I'd take a little nibble. Braver man than me. Because I, I, I'm not trying to talk shit here. And I really. Oh, you're not? I don't want to argue with you about this, dude. Oh, but, you uh, don't? I think candy corn is very far down my list of like acceptable candies. Oh, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can barely stomach the stuff yeah, at it's this like, point in my life. That's interesting because it seems very waxy. And I know that's sort of in your, that's your wheel in your wheelhouse. What are you trying know. to say right now? I know you like wax, boy. That's it. It's nothing. Uh, you know. What do you mean? I like wax. Like I like uh, you spoken. Remember when we had the candy, just the movie theater candy discussion. Yeah, you were the milk the famous famed. episode Milk Dud Milk Jug. <laughs> milk Dud Milk Jug. Go back yeah. and find episode Milk Dud Milk Jug. Yeah. Um yeah. but I just every candy that you listed off had some Every single one? Per, well, every one that you liked. Okay. That you preferred. <laughs> as you listed, I bet they're all at least episode like, nineteen milk dud milk jug. They have a high higher percentage of wax in them. All of the candies you talked about that you liked had a higher percentage of wax in them uh, than than the ones that I liked. Because I, I try to avoid wax, and I think it can be dangerous if you're eating too much wax. What do you think happens to you if you eat too much wax? A ball. A ball? In your stomach. Of wax? Of wax. Is that how Elvis died? <laughs> <laughs> Red vines, <laughs> fucking red vines and Swedish fish, <laughs> all your shit. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's how Elvis died, or Marion Mitchell Morrison. Who is that? Marion Mitchell Morrison, also known as famously played Genghis Khan in a movie. And does he have any any other known alibis? Uh, Big Jake. Okay. Uh, what up? What up? <laughs> Welcome to. Hostile vibes from wholesome places. This is Hostile vibes from wholesome places, the Hooks and Crow Show. Yeah. Uh, this uh, these dulcet tones um are my own. Uh, myself being me, uh, which is hooks, along with my uh, very own talking crow host here. <laughs> Quite a call. Uh. A visual performance, really, <laughs> listener. I'm sorry to say. Um, but what up? What up? Welcome. We're also joined, of course, by uh, Salacious B. Crumb. Yeah. Not really making a sound. Yeah, not interested. Not interested yet. You may, you may hear bigger fish to fry. He Crumbo, says. Crumbo. Yeah. Um, later. 
Uh, what up? Yeah. Dude, nothing but the rent. <laughs> what you been up to? I saw, I saw it, eh? Yeah? I saw it. Saw. Uh, oh. That was Crumb responding with the saw to the saw, dude. <laughs> Classic. Um, nothing. It's cooling off <laughs> a little bit here. Yeah. The inexorable march of time continues. Uh, the sun turns around the earth. We all grow closer to death. Around. And the days are shorter and a few degrees cooler on average. Mm-hmm. Which I generally support. Dark Did you say the sun goes around the earth? <laughs> Did I? I think that's what you said. Uh, the earth goes <laughs> around the sun a few more times. And uh, <laughs> anyway. yeah, you don't know. You didn't know about this. I'm actually uh, <laughs> not a heliocentric. A yeah, I'm a geocentric stan. Um, Bring geocentrism back. Yeah, like Greg Jean Forte. I think that <laughs> yeah, the Earth revolve. The sun revolves around the Earth, not the other way around. Yeah, well, you said you found something out about him. Yeah, I learned today. Greg Jean Forte is an ardent New World creationist and has donated a sizable amount to us an unsizable amount to men worth 300 million dollars but you know i think probably even more than a million dollars to new world creationist causes uh the man literally believes that humans in their current form ran around with dinosaurs four thousand years ago and the motherfucker wants to be our governor um but uh he and I are aligned in rejecting that uh, anything could be the center of the universe, but sure. our, our own personal experiences. So yeah, um, you gotta, no, just kidding. Yeah. I am a heliocentrist. Mm. I, uh, you know, I agree with science. I don't believe in God. I only <laughs> believe in science, as they say in Nacho Libre. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, Went back to the fabled homeland. Yeah, over the last week, Pumpkinville, for a little bit back to Pumpkinville. Um, had a had a pretty good time there, but also had my this is maybe interesting. Had my first full realization that I don't remember where anything fucking is in that town. <laughs> oh shit! Because I was getting ready to leave on my last day there, and I wanted to stop at the Bagel Company, Venerable Helena Institution, the Bagel Company, on yeah. my way out of town and get a uh, listen to eat. You know, remember this listener. And I was thinking about this as I was eating it that I have to. I have to get this on the record at some point. We talk about the Hooks 10 out of 10 endorsement. We talk about the fabled Hooks 10 out of 10 endorsement, which is essentially a guarantee. Yeah. I don't make it lightly. Yeah. This one, I personally am making a 10 out of 10 endorsement, but a qualified one that is just like, this is for people like me who don't just have one sweet tooth, but a whole dang set of them. (laughs) Um... But if you do have something of a sweet tooth, Bagel Company in Helena, you get that chocolate chip bagel toasted with icing in the middle. Their yep. cream cheese icing. Oh my God, that's so funny. You and I get the same fucking That'll thing. That'll cast you back a little <laughs> bit into a simpler, better time. But I wanted to go get myself one of those. And there was the closest Bagel Company location, I thought, to my house and to the way 
out of town to head back. Mm. Was this one formerly by Helen High School? I it took me twenty minutes to remember how to get there. It's still there, right? I mean that that location in space, you know, and like geography is still there, but um after some true tribulations of like being like, how the fuck do I get down there again? Yeah. And like a good amount of trial and error, I arrived at the strip mall location that it was normally out only to find the building in which it had formerly resided to be empty and with like a four lease sign up in it. Shit. But I was told afterward by friend and, uh, frequent guest of the show rob one of the shrek spirits is that there is still a location down there but it had just moved like a few doors away i i'm pretty sure <laughs> i just looked, missed it. i'm pretty sure i looked up and down the whole shopping center and i didn't see a bagel company there so i don't know what rob is talking about is that that is that music store down there piccolos yeah i don't i don't remember if i checked specifically to see if that building was still a piccolo yeah 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 um but uh so i was like fucking i gotta go downtown now took me even longer and with more trial and error to remember how to get to last chance gulch <laughs> oh shit in hell the just the road itself or the like i kept company? just like i could get in like the general direction yeah but like the specifics of the streets and the routes, I just kept thinking I was in places that I wasn't and then being like, how do I get from here to there and not really remembering? Yeah. And it taking a really long time for me to figure it out and it was just the most I've ever been like, shit, dude, I just forgot a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I forgot <laughs> the uh, minutia. Sure. You know? Yeah. I do I do want to say the one thing that I will give Helen is I feel like it's pretty easy to navigate. Even you if you got to give it up. If you know navigation. A general sense of where you're going, like am I going you know west east blah blah blah, you can pretty much find whatever you need to find. Yeah, you like know? I did. I did eventually find yeah. it and get there and it and it sort of came back to me, but it was just like um the information, it, I couldn't access it on autopilot anymore, you know? Like, sure. I was like like SpongeBob when he personifies the people in his brain and there's like a filing system. Yeah. Um, and like bookkeepers and stuff. Like, they were rummaged. Like, it was a dusty <laughs> bunch of files in like a bag, you know, thrown in a pile somewhere, like an old format system, you yeah. know, that we don't really use anymore. Like, Some of the papers were burned up and shit. Yeah, a like, lot of evidence had been destroyed to yeah. cover up crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all that good stuff. But I mean, yeah, it was just, it was, I was like, shit, dude, I, I uh, haven't really spent much time here recently. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot a lot of shit. It's weird how close I felt I was to that place. And now it seems like kind of like a distant friend I haven't spoken to really. Mm. And I kind of forgot. But I also, it's a friend that saw me when I witnessed the skyfall, you know, that type of thing. Like you, you, you've gone through some. You do have a, a sort of timeless bond. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely bits and pieces of it have drifted away from me. I could bits never find, um, you know, it was hard for me to find is fucking Dairy Queen, which was killer in that town. 
Like I always want to stop. The grill and chill. The grill and chill. Out on Montana. I feel like Montana you, Ave. Every there's something about Helena that just beckons me to Dairy Queen. I don't know what it is. The voices call. Mm-hmm. Call yeah. you over to DQ. <laughs> the sirens. The siren song. <laughs> the siren song. And they get me there. And I, you know, I indulge in a blizzard and whatnot. But uh, I can never find it anymore. It's it's hide it must be hiding in plain sight. It's sort of like Hogwarts, you know, you have to kind of have found it already before you can ever find <laughs> right, it again. Right. In a kind of a paradoxical way. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is how it is. Yeah. But uh yeah, that happened. Yeah, you were I there was for down there. Came guys. back, left and came back. Um to some heat and some less shitty plumbing. That's right. Yeah. The some studio is in a very old building. Uh-huh. And uh decrepit. Needs some work done. Yeah. Um, but you know. You need Ty Pennington up in that fucking building. Yeah, dude. You need ABC. <laughs> <laughs> I need an extreme home makeover. I love his voice. Yeah. He's yeah. Great. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of been it. Still just, uh, losing all track or sense of the passage of time, really. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? (sighs) My avian friend. I have been going around and, uh, digging holes. I... There, I've noticed something that's been happening around my little nest here, uh, and I don't know what it is. Perhaps you could help me with an explanation. But there seem to be an absurd amount of bug catchers out here. People, Are there an absurd amount of bugs catching bugs. Yeah, there. Are. What do you mean, people catching bugs? <laughs> I mean, people going out and collecting bugs. Catching people them. are walking around your abode. Yeah. With the discernible express intent of catching bugs. Yeah. They like catching go them out, alive? They go out in that field, uh, presumably. For I what mean, purpose? That's what I'm asking you. I thought maybe you'd know something about them. Because it seems like they're a lot more prevalent now. Like I'll go down to Kim Williams or something. And uh, what do you know? There's a, a guy there. He's like, oh, I have this net. I'm trying to get bugs in it and stuff like that. Uh, I've never asked them why, but. I felt I always felt like I didn't need to. I've never asked. <laughs> I mean, you you love to catch bugs, but that's just because that's a huge part of your diet. It's my sustenance, and yeah. these people are kind of like encroaching on that and driving for out some, for like a for some sort of sport. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I like, don't know anything about these bug catchers. Trophy I'm bug catchers. Of them immediately, like I, I famously am not a fan of bugs or yeah. anything buggy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see no use in catching them, really only killing them if they interfere with me or letting them be if they don't interfere with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they interfere with the ecosystem. So yeah. I have no real understanding of these bug catchers. I haven't seen any bug catchers. Really? I've seen a lot of identical looking men sometimes walking around with nets, but that's because they're all dumbass fly fishermen. Oh no! Yeah, not that type. Oh, I literally was. I was walking <laughs> down by the river last night, says. and there was like a group of like five of them, and they true they literally all looked the same, like yeah. the exact same. Yeah, like the same man. <laughs> and uh, maybe it was. 
<laughs> it was like Mr. Uh, like wh- the same man wearing like five slight variations on it. Oh shit! Head. What's it? What's his name? Uh, <laughs> it's the Montana version of a uh, Hugo Weaving's character in The Matrix. What Mr. is it? Smith. Mr. Smith. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He could just split He's into multiple versions of himself. Yeah. 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 I guess I don't know. Fly fisherman culture could be seen as a virus on society. <laughs> in the same way that Agent Smith is a virus in the Matrix, but maybe not also. Sure. Um, I just think it's funny how much of an embodiment they are of, I think, the kind of... It's not, you know, uniquely, but all, but definitely sort of uh, substantially here kind of Missoula thing of thinking you're the first person to do a thing that literally everyone else around you is doing the exact same right. thing. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, the, the, yeah, I don't know. you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly. What you know you're what talking. I'm getting it's at? It's a shame that they don't go for them. So, like... so I don't know about bug catchers, but I know those guys are everywhere. And yeah. The same, so. Well, keep your eye out for the buggy people. Well, the only, I mean, it seems they like look that, different. they all look different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, no fucking doubt. One of them was just in jorts the other day. Nothing else. A pair of jorts, maybe some flip-flops out there amongst like thousands of bugs. What kind of bugs? He was inundated with bugs. I don't know what bugs are out there. I see mainly hoppers, like grass hoppers. Yeah. I see a few uh, crickets, weevils. Weevils. Skeeters? No, not really around this uh, part. That's why it's nice up here. Yeah. So <laughs> it's what drew you to the area. <laughs> it's what drew me to the area. It is a shame though. I did want to say that the lack of skeeters. I wish those fly fishermen guys would dress like the old like Norman McLean fly fishers with like that crazy ass fucking disgusting hat that was like always seemed like decaying. And like, yeah, that overalls. would be better than a fucking Orvis trucker hat and sunglasses yeah. with Brokeus, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> or if there was just some, uh, you know, some amount of spread mm-hmm. in the in the in the community, or or just like that. I don't know. It's like a combination of that. That it's like the uniform is so uniform, you yeah. know, like it's it's everywhere. But then also, it's just like it just becomes like the only clothes that those guys seem to have. Yeah. You know, in in just any kind of setting, just they're always wearing the uniform and I just think it looks pretty stupid. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, no, it is everywhere. But But, I mean, it it also, that that image gets so pumped out by like REI and companies. Dude, I told you about the time I got a free ticket to the fly fishing film tour and it was utterly dystopian. (laughs) Like everyone there, every man there was the same. All of their female partners that they dragged along looked the same. Yeah. And uh, it just had such a vibe of like the kind of, in my mind, psychotically forced good time. Yeah. You know, where it's sort of like when you're at being at like a cult or something where everybody's just like, this is so much fun. Right. And I buy into this so much. And then yeah. it's being like, there's nothing really here though, guys. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is such a such a facsimile of any kind of identity. Like there's really not enough here for the depth of your reaction and <laughs> devotion. Like 
and you all just seem like you're pretending. But anyway, it was it was frightening to me, and I hated it. But yeah, uh, anyway, that is disturbing. I don't know about bug catchers. Or bug yeah, catchers. no, I mean that's a far more diverse group. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, because scattered along the fringes. You know, with of fly society. fishermen, those guys fucking spend. You know. Hundreds of dollars on just like the gear that you need to wear and that whole look. Yeah, it's thing. one of the most inaccessible hobbies. It's yeah, like skiing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Whereas bug catchers, give them a fucking net, dude. You're a bug you catcher. You don't even need a net. You just need your two hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really, to catch bugs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a much more democratized kind of like blue collar working class. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're getting food for your family. That type I, of thing. I guess. Yeah. I guess if you're taking it real serious. I mean, that's what you do when you're bug catching. But. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I think you should treat it with respect as all hunting should be treated with respect. You know. Uh, I don't know if I agree that all hunting or even much hunting or even most deserves any element of respect. But Yeah, Montanans are weird. I, I feel like. Don't you feel like that's some an idea that's kind of prevalent out here? Eat, use all of uh, you know whatever you you hunt. I wouldn't even say that's prevalent. I don't know. Yeah, I maybe know or know of people who try to use that ethos, but I know you know of and know just as many dickheads who fucking cut the head off just and like put it guns on their wall and, and stuff. laying around and smelling like piss outside all the time and killing things. So. <laughs> <laughs> laying around smelling like this. That's essentially what you do. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've never actually you have been to give hunting. Give yourself the musk. Yeah, me either, and I never want to go. Give me the urine. I want the urine. Yes, I want to smell like the thing I want to kill. <laughs> um, yeah, and, yeah. But you're right that especially any kind of public life in Montana has to be like, hey, hunting is fine, but uh, right. Whatever, and I mean, yeah, it is. It's fine, it, it, you know, if you do it responsibly. But like, I don't know. I yeah, think there's an irredeemable level of like, you're trying to kill, uh, like a mountain lion or a wolf or something. That it's just uh, yeah, it's just of a gra- of a grander composition than yourself. Uh, I think there's something inherently fucked up in that. I feel like there's that's like another crowd in Montana that starts to occupy the same sort of look in my mind of like camo and like grizz shit yeah like yeah i mean yeah for there's sure. like gray pullover they're they're all factions you yeah know? they're all factions dude <laughs> and they all have roughly you know within their faction the same sort of get up yeah you know yeah yeah you can pick them out once you get an eye for it you know <laughs> you've got an eye for it man Yes. You've done your work. You've I've got been an here eye long for long enough, you know. I, I know I'm strange all. Montana crowds. Yeah. Yep. But what else have you been up to? Chilling. <laughs> um I yeah, so I trying to stay cool and not cry. Digging holes. I like I said, I Yeah, you are digging holes. You didn't you didn't elaborate on that. Yeah, it you know, as nice as it's I'm sure been all this sunny weather and summer and a yada yada uh summer stuff. Uh, you know, we are, we got to start thinking about winter, so I'm burying grub. Oh, okay. That's all it is. Yep. You're burying grub for the winter. Mm. 
in some secret spots. Yes. Yes, in holes. I'll eat them whole. I'll eat them decayed. How I'll do you them. know that, like, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in enterprising young, you know, marmot or squirrel or something isn't going to stumble across your grub <laughs> between now and winter? Do you think that, uh, like, some little curious marmot is going to stand a chance against a uh, whole murder? Are you so? Are all your holes under supervision then at all times? Well, no. But if I see something happening, I can holler at the murder real quick. Yeah, they come over <laughs> and they call and they, also. they pack. They peck and claw. Yeah, that's interesting though. It's gonna start to weigh on my mind. I don't want to be. I don't want to be tripping, as they say, about marmots. Maybe I better holler, make a little preemptive strike on those dirty river rats. Or you could just sort of keep a kind of constant, uh, you know, grub run a flow. circuit of just checking on your grub holes. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy needs to check on his grub and holes. so you'll be checking them pretty consistently. So if you arrive at one and you see that your grub hole has been ransacked, <laughs> you can, uh, you know, do something about it. Sure. What would you do? So your grub hole is getting attacked by a marmot. My, my, if my grub hole were to be attacked by a marmot, what would I do? A large, yeah. Do nice I? I, I mean, if I have a lot of, uh, if I have a lot of Grubs. other grub holes around, yeah. and it's just one, I'll try to probably be like, hey, I'll give you that one, but don't do it again. <laughs> You're not gonna like what happens if you do it again. Because if Give I them have a chance. Found the out, you know, around it, then that's fine. But you know, I guarantee you, the marmot would not give you that same chance. <laughs> like uh, Aragorn says to the elven soldiers at the Battle of Helm's Deep about the Urukai, "Show them no mercy, for you shall receive none." Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Tits for tat. Is that what you think? Well, what comes around is all around. When the, when the, what you, what? We're preparing for winter. Uh, you have to stash grub. Grum has some thoughts. Yeah, he knows. He stashes Grumbo. grubs. Grumbo, do you want to give your opinions on grubs? Grubs. Do you stash grubs, my boy? He doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. He doesn't really <laughs> want to reveal the location of his grubbles. Yes, these are my grubs. But that's about all I've Grubs been up and to, shoves. and the and uh, that's why I'm saying the uh, these bug catchers are really starting to uh, just be a pain in my tuchus. Mm. In your tail feathers. In my tail tail feathers. Yeah. Yeah, that's annoying. My rear. My rear. <laughs> my rear end. <laughs> your cloaca. Yeah. Cloaca. Cloaca. Clo Cloaca, cloaca, you know. Yeah, tomato, tomato, cloaca, cloaca. <laughs> we'll we'll get into this on a later episode, but I have said before, and I will say again, that I am not entirely opposed to the idea of a cloaca. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Just have one hole that you get everything out. Yeah. And in. Yeah. <laughs> and it will be a lot easier. It's your egg hole. <laughs> and by the way, we established at the beginning of the show you would actually not be neighborly crumb, you would be eggy crumb. Did I say a neighborly crumb last week? I said that. Oh. I don't think I would be eggy crumb. Yes, you would. I don't think a, a 
like uh, I think eggs are okay, but I I wouldn't say that I'm even especially eggy, let alone that my egginess is my dominant adjective trait. Take a look in the mirror, my friend. Eggy. You think I look like an egg boy? I think you're egg, yeah. Like Humpty Dumpty? <laughs> yeah. With all of your horses. And all of my men. And all of your men. I can't put myself back together again. Yeah. 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 What was Humpty doing on that wall? He was just taking a break, man. Yeah. He was just thinking. Yeah, it was 420. He had a minute, dude. Yeah. It was 419 and he had a minute. Yeah. Um. But anyway... What are we talking about this week, Crow? Well, again, I guess uh, some more interesting Montana people, right? You uh, you mentioned that. Yeah, you, you could call them interesting. <laughs> Why would you, you could describe call them, them that? In, so, in one word, what's one word you would choose to describe who you are going to describe today? Fascist. Fascist. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, um, yeah so... We we were discussing what to discuss today. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, should I talk about the rodeo? <laughs> and then I was like, you know, that was probably around this time of year. We're recording this on August 11th. Episode will probably release August 12th. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was so I pulled out my little tele telephone. I was driving around this morning, went on a nice little scenic drive. Nice this morning, and it was. It was but uh, going back into temple on my phone, googled this event, and what do you know? It it occurred on August 11th and 12th of 2017. So I was like, wow, it true. It is the exact anniversary. Yeah. It is fate. We will talk about it. So yeah, yeah. We'll take a little break here. A yeah, break Arino, and I'll uh, come back and uh, uh, I'm gonna tell the story of the <laughs> the white supremacy rodeo. I guess uh, that I went to. So uh, stick around for that. It's a it's a real uh, startlingly like. Time is a flat circle vibe story. Yes. To the current moment. So uh, we're going to expel. We're going to admit real quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spew. And it's Kyle Crow's going to spew. And then uh, we'll be back in a little bit. the kid talking about uh dale um what's his name bernard delacroix bernard delacroix yeah he's like he's fine now hey love it crazy salacious crumb liked it too sam rock fair you mean rockwell oh yep <laughs> anyway what up what up welcome back to also vibes from also places. <laughs> this is Hooks along with my very own Dr. Crows. Also vibes from holes and places. Yes, that is a good joke to make about the name. There's holes. 
There are holes. Yeah. Both of us have multiple holes. Yeah, well. As we discussed. I only have one. Well, you also have your mouth. Oh, yeah. I guess it does a beak count as a hole. Yes. Mm. Listeners, <laughs> let in. us know. Get in touch. Does a beak count as a hole? <laughs> uh, let us know. You think, much. for example, the Sarlacc has a beak. Does that count as a hole? The Sarlacc has a beak? Yeah. You said that like it's common knowledge. I, mm. The Sarlacc, who's in the Sarlacc pit... At Jabba's palace, Crumb was there. Dude, that is not the Sarlacc. That's the Rancor. No, the the Rancor is the big troll creature. Yes. I'm talking about the Sarlacc in The Return of the Jedi, which is the beaked squid (laughs) monster in the hole that they fly everyone out on those hoverboards and they try to push people into. I thought it was just like a toothed hole. No, it's a Sarlacc, dude. I'm pretty sure. I maybe, yeah, fair enough. Pretty sure. You seem confident. It is, I, and it has a beak. It is beaked. It is beaked. And just I because think it's a that you could consider that beak to be a hole. Mm. <laughs> anyway, we want. We'll, we'll we'll discuss again. We'll see what the listeners have to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean about whether or not a beak is a hole. We'll look up maybe about with a Sarlacc, but I'm probably team not. Squid, I probably won't squids look it up. and birds alike both have one hole. And just gonna say it. <laughs> One of your hottest takes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll just leave that at that, and we'll discuss that later. <laughs> what we're talking about right now, uh, it's gonna be weird that I mark the anniversary of this occasion at all because it is one that lives in ignominy. Yeah, but also a very historical occurrence. Joe Biden referenced it as an essential reason that he decided to run. I mean, I think we all realize that the real reason that he decided to run is that those scientists shocked that body of organic matter that remembers being Joe Biden (laughs) into animated life. And it's, you know, just essentially told him that he wanted to be president and he's just going along with it. (laughs) Because as I've discussed, I think that Joe Biden is like Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, not like a person alive as we would understand it, but I think that Joe Biden really died in like 2018 and has been reanimated. Scientists just created, you know, copied, you know, 85% of his genetic material and just shocked and, made, you know, made like a synthetic sort of proxy version of a human form and filled it with this, you know, slowly decomposing, partially complete genetic info. And so less than he is like uh, Joe, like a Joe Biden clone or anything. He's just like some organic matter that thinks it's Joe Biden. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. What do you think? And do you think there remembers are still like being Joe Biden, even though he never was? Right. You know, but it's but it's like an incomplete and progressively decaying <laughs> version of Joe Biden, and so he's just, you know, a year into his administration, knock on wood, he's just gonna melt into like a goo. He's gonna turn into water, like 
<laughs> the senator who gets turned into a mutant in the first Wolver or Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, and McKellen X Men movie does. <laughs> I just watched this movie recently. Okay, you were talking about that. And there's a scene that I forgot about, but was very, uh, very compelling, where there's this senator. I think his name is Senator Wheeler. And he's like an anti-mutant bigot. Mm -hmm. And then he gets captured by Magneto. And Magneto uses this machine that turns humans into mutants on him. And so he turns into this like water fish man. But then uh, water fish the man. thing doesn't really work. So the mutation spins out of control. And he just like is on a medical table. And he just turns into water. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what's going to happen to Joe Biden. <laughs> He's just going to turn into whatever goop he's currently consists. Like that kid in Sky High who can just turn into a puddle at will. Exactly like that. Yeah. Exactly like that. But but it won't be at Joe Biden's will. It just will happen of... No well, yeah, just because I think that he is the result of a science that hasn't been perfected yet. Mm -hmm. But they just kind of... It's like the Russian... Uh, Coronavirus, coronavirus vaccine, vaccine. <laughs> yeah. they just rushed it to market without testing it and it's, yeah. it's the best that they can do but it's so they're like working on newer models and you know they'll probably just switch it out with a better functioning double at some point but if they can't you know crack the cut i think this current one will you know that slowly dissolve into a puddle of water like during a national address at some point <laughs> Uh, can you imagine dude the I state of the union or something yeah. like fucking just if i could be proven i'm glad i got this on the record because if i could be proven to be right in that way <laughs> i really truly don't know what would happen like if if all of my most absurd delusions were that would be like if the, you know truly like if i was gregory peck's character in the omen and just realizing that my son is it would be like that from here i'd just be like holy shit Everything is real. So you're predicting this because I, I know in the past you've cursed Joe Biden. Yeah, but this it didn't is more work. of a, this is just a prediction. This is not well, your you're wishing you're not wishing that he would become a puddle of water. You're I wish predicting. that he would get elected and then turn into a puddle of water. Sure. I don't and this is again very contemporary, I do not wish for a Harris administration. Mm -hmm. In any sense of uh, in any regard at all, but um, you know if Joe Biden can hopefully you know knock on wood us get elected and successfully assume the office and then dissolve into a, a puddle of goop, I would like for that to happen. Yes, sure. Okay. That uh, that would that would be something that I would be glad <laughs> happened. <laughs> Because it would be so insane, but I would have seen it coming, you know, and I could point to this episode and be like, look, I, I hypothesized this. <laughs> you prophesy. You prophesy. I hypothesized. I prophesized. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess you and a lot of people. Wondered. Why were we talking about this? I don't know. We weren't talking about puddle people. We were talking about, uh, <laughs> I don't even know, the rodeo is what we were going to oh, talk about. Oh, we started talking about Joe Biden because I was talking about today marks the direct three-year oh, right. anniversary of this event. Joe Biden cited, who will, you know, it seems like have, have has a very real possibility of being the next president. He's, you know, he cited this moment as kind of an, it's, it's, 
we don't talk about it a lot, but then we also have never ever fucking stops talking about it and it's hugely relevant, but it's of course I'm talking about <laughs> fucking we start talking about Joe Bonnet for so long. Yeah, I know. Um talking of course about the uh, 2017 Charlottesville Unite the Right rally, a fundamentally sort of like brain wrinkle inducing moment for a lot of us, I think. Uh a curtains being pulled down moment. Yeah, of, dude. like, you know, the dystopias revealing itself in its real in its true extent. Uh, at least for a lot of us, I think. Um, but was August 11th and 12th of 2017. Yeah. <laughs> and a horrible thing that happened, but something that I, and I think a lot of us were, was very sort of captivated by as it was going on. You know, yeah, I remember this, you know, being very affected by the things that I was seeing from there, like in real time as it was going on. And, yeah. um, at that same time in my own life, in summer of 2017 here in Missoula, Crow, I think you had just flown away. I had just flown away. For a brief inter- uh, intermission. Yeah, yeah. I, I needed to get out the city, you know, John. It was suffocating. <laughs> it will do that. <laughs> yeah. But it was a famously smoky summer. You know about those? I know about those. A famously smoky summer. Um, fires all over the place. Lots of wildfires like right around Missoula. Yeah. Including one, I think, kind of in the in towards the Bitterroot. Yeah. That was really close and was, you know, filling the air with smoke. Turning the sun red. Turning the sun red. Blood has been spilt this night. Blood has been. <laughs> and uh, I was also in that summer working. Uh, as a video journalist at our venerable local newspaper. Mm-hmm. And on this weekend that the Unite the Right rally was happening, I my assignment was covering the Western Montana, you know, rodeo and fair over here at the Missoula Fairgrounds. Um, I didn't realize those were right in Missoula. Yeah. I thought you had gone somewhere else like, Stevensville or something to do that. That was right here, smack dab, the yeah, Garden City, Missoula Fairgrounds, baby, right over on South Ave. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, and were you sent by yourself? Yeah, it was an assignment that I did by myself. Uh, it was a weekend long thing. Um, did you ever have much experience coming to the fair? As people in Montana called it, you know, in <laughs> Helena or here in here in Missoula. Yeah, I I had been to the one in Helena like maybe a number of times in high school. The first summer I spent in Montana, uh, I went to the radio because it was like, oh, this is such a novel Montana thing to do, you know? Because you don't, I mean, I'm sure they occur like all over the South and stuff, but it seems like a much rarer event down there. Or like way more niche, whereas mm, like very niche, all kinds of fuckers turn up for the Montana rodeo, and there was like this huge Bud Light section and very bizarro type atmosphere at those places. I mean, beyond the fact that you're just like watching people ride an animal around fucking barrels and shit like that, and people are getting shit faced <laughs> and being aggressive with each other and stuff like that. I have gone to 
Western Montana fairs mm-hmm. since I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Gone to them when I was in middle school and in high school, and then I went again as a college student. And I can tell you that there is no experience in my life more directly associated with an extreme and profound feeling of otherness and alienation than going to the fair. To me, it is the epitome of the feeling of just like going and doing something that is profoundly unenjoyable to me because other people are there. Yeah. And um, it's an experience for me that is always very reminiscent of just this sensation of like everybody else uh, either enjoys this or it's committed enough to pretending like they enjoy this in a way that just like I makes me feel just like in unrelatably different than them because yeah. like I hate it so much yeah. and I think it's so gross <laughs> <laughs> and like um, brings out so many of my insecurities um that it's it's a it's always just been a very striking but like strikingly unpleasant thing in my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I can appreciate it for the you know, no pun intended carnivalesque nature of it, the fun house nature of it, the kind of surrealness and lynchian dystopianness <laughs> of it. That right. part I kind of get can get down with as I get older. Yeah. But uh man, dude, I'll ne- I can never disassociate myself from the feeling of like having my mom drop me off and pick me up and drop off and pick up me and my friends from the fair and having to like go to it and do that in like seventh grade. And like try to navigate the seventh grade dynamics of that while also constantly texting my mom about my location the whole time. <laughs> and just like how profoundly yeah. unpleasant that a whole experience was and how yeah. much I hated both elements of it. Yeah. Like um, it's never really been my bag, baby, that sort of thing. <laughs> it's a lot, dude. It's a lot in yeah. and- I mean, there's the word carnival-esque for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, like, that kind of surreal. lynching, surreal yeah. horror. Yeah. Um, yeah, it like, seems weird. Like, you, you, there's you, the car. It's out. It's always, like, in the heat of the summer in Montana where everything just kind of, like, smells like sewage anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it's all porta-potties. So there's, like, a porta-potty yeah. scent that hangs over the place. Yeah, right next to it's the pretzels. It's hot and dead grass just in like a field setup yeah and these carnies you truly like man they are marginalized people for sure and at the intersections of a lot of societal wrongs 
that are not their faults at all and they're just caught up in like current broader than themselves but boy do a lot of them look real fucked up <laughs> and uh like just like the face tattoo meth dealing brigade is out in force at employment at these things mm-hmm. and uh serving your can- cotton candy yeah just like it's yeah it's like this it's supposedly triggering all these sort of nostalgic Americana things, but it's so trashy and flimsy and grubby and grimy and gross. Yeah. That like, I don't know. It is a very accurate reflection of the society that we live in, which I guess is a lot of what I'll get into with this more specific story, but just like broadly setting the scenes of these Montana Fairs, dude. They're a grim spectacle, I think, and they're <laughs> never something that I've enjoyed. And there's something that is always just like it's like going to the top hat on a concert without a cover night for me, where it just like I feel like something about how much all of these people seem to just be like on this to me, what seems like this shared delusion of like acting like this thing that cannot possibly be fun is like the funnest <laughs> thing that it's like a fulfilling a dream in their lives and just it makes me feel so uh <laughs> alienated from like a, a shared experience that everyone else seems to be having that I'm just like this fucking sucks so like it always just makes me go into like a fugue state sort of <laughs> So are you like you of just, isolation? You don't and enjoy like the rides. You don't enjoy. The- I I don't like the rides. They make me feel nauseous, and I don't <laughs> think they're safe. Yeah, I, I mean, don't like walking around looking at teens and tweens. Yeah, just oh, like well, in, in the throes of their puberty. Even when I was also a teen and a tween in the throes of puberty, the sight of it out in public like that, or like at a high school football game, yeah, all just like profoundly unpleasant and alienating experiences for me yeah Um, it is like a social it's like a microcosm of like how you described the farmer's market it seems like a performative action for teens and tweens yeah but yeah that's when they're their most annoying yeah but it's it's definitely more interesting than a farmer's market because instead of you know the shared delusion isn't like instagrammable yuppie niche Mm -hmm. yuppie-ishness it's um just like derelict surrealist <laughs> white trash nightmare and that's uh, 10 times out of 10 much more interesting yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and so yeah i when i got this assignment i i hadn't been to a fair probably since i was like a sophomore in high school maybe or a freshman you know my last couple of years of high school i just would have been like fuck it i don't care enough i i've got an, i've got enough friends <laughs> I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to skip it. So I went and I truly wasn't prepared for like just how much it, none of it has changed at all. <laughs> like uh white trash nightmare. Like I had forgot. I had, I had spent like a decade away from any vestige of like 4-H culture. Yeah. And then I was walking around in the 4-H things and there was just like some high school hick kid with his like prized pig. And he was like, <laughs> You know, hitting on, chatting with some like high school girls who were like hanging on his every word, but they were outside the pig pen and he was laying in the pig pen, like cuddling his pig. And I was just like, girls, like set the bar higher than 
higher for yourselves than the kid who's mucking around with a fucking pig, dude. He's cuddling He's swine. just mucking around with his swine. Like, and, and it's just being like, dude, I forgot about these kids. Like, I remember that they exist, but I would have thought they would have. I forgot. Like, the they they would have figured out new things right now. But, <laughs> dude, to set the scene for you of how just like. Uh, untethered from reality this whole weekend was the first night that I got there I went there on Friday night and the smoke was really bad and just in town in general but and then the fairground was like I don't know from my apartment at the time like you know a mile or two closer to the nearest big fire Yeah. but as I drove over there and then parked really far away and then walked into it it just got so smoky progressively the close the deeper in i got into the fairgrounds until i got in there and i was like man i guess it's closer but this is crazy it's like it seems like there's a fire here (laughs) right like it was so much smoke in the air but just nobody was really acting like anything was different people were just walking around i was in like the you know amusement ride part section of it and just kind of being like, what the fuck is going on? And some mom was like, her kids pulled up and I had a media credential on and like a camera. So she was like, are you with the media? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, the fire is over that way. And I was like, what? There's an actual fire? And she was like, yeah, the uh, 4-H concession stand caught fire. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, what the fuck? And so, yeah, I, it's such a sprawling thing that I, as I got over to the kind of main street intersection where all this concession was, the smoke was really thick, but I could see like, light fire lights and stuff and the whole thing was like tapered off and shit and i and it was like i <laughs> i had to just like maneuver around and like kind of like duck through some corners and sneak past some tape and stuff to get a clean shot of it but it was just truly like the 4-h concession stand with like one scorched wall and like <laughs> some burned out <laughs> shit and uh i i don't even know what had happened but someone was trying to like deep fry something over oh, there oh okay it wasn't foul play it had caught no no but there was no <laughs> suspected arson or anything <laughs> at the 4-h concession stand but i as soon as i kind of got confirmed to me that nobody was hurt or anything i was like that is funny yeah like the whole situation of the 4-h concession stand catching fire during the middle of the fair is just objectively hilarious yeah. to me yeah, uh, but that the few minutes of just like walking into it and it just getting so smoky, but everybody's still being there. Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Is this the end times, dude? <laughs> yeah. This is crazy." Yeah, they didn't need to like clear people out or anything. They were just like, the, "No, I guess it was small enough that, uh, and it was gotten under control quick enough that they didn't need to." fully evacuate or maybe they had fully evacuated but let people in before i had gotten there i don't remember but it just like really set it really set the scenes of of everything and there was a rodeo that night but i didn't want to go to it so i kind of just walked around um at like the fair part of it and other stuff but like got a time lapse of people going up to the concession stand by the rodeo thing. <laughs> oh shit, really? <laughs> yeah. Which you can probably still find on the Missoulian YouTube if you if you find that video. So just like a, you just see people just strolling up to the scorched wall or uh, Oh no, the- it was a so that was that was a this uh, the time lapse that I was talking about was specifically the regionally specific concession stand like row 
right by the rodeo stadium oh. or whatever. The 4-H concession stand was at a different part of the I fairground. see what you're saying. I thought it was nearby. And yeah, you just but you know, this is like the people who are going into the rodeo, and and this was the a time lapse of that. I see. Which I didn't even record maliciously. It was just like a good shot. But then I, if you watch it, now you're just like, oh my god, this is a. So this is like a b-roll for super size me <laughs> or some shit you know like this is like some doomsday yeah. stuff yeah um but yeah the whole thing was i mean it was like just going back to the fair and like uh, you know i was just like oh god i forgot about 4-h like livestock family culture and yeah. i just saw all these people again i was like oh man this brings me back these people haven't changed it a bit yeah and like uh there were like the teens and the tweens and the middle schoolers out there. And I was like, Oh my God, they're the exact same. <clears throat> and I like remembered being in their shoes and just was like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you the existential to, dread of you texted your mom, your location, the middle school experience. Yeah. I was like, mom, <laughs> come pick me up. Yeah. And it uh. was, uh, it was just, yeah, it was just like exactly the same. It was a real blast from the past. Not in a good way where it was just like, Oh man, there has like society has not progressed right. at all <laughs> in, in this regard and in, in the measure of what a fairgrounds looks like yeah in montana in that in that sense at least i really can't fathom going as an adult anymore i'm i'm i guess impressed that you had the i mean you had a project for work and shit yeah i would and not i did get some good footage like it's inherently cinematic so yeah. i got a, i got a lot of good shots and stuff and and i was kind of just kind of was consumed in that regard of trying to get a trying to do some cinematog cinema cinematographic things that I had wanted to do. Cinematographic. But, <laughs> it's like Donald Trump saying totalitarianism. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard that audio? No. Where he's like, "We're gonna fall victim to a far left totalitarianism," <laughs> or he says, "Which is the true definition of totalitarianism." <laughs> I haven't heard that. He's daughters over it, but. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so then I I went home from it that night, and was looking at the scenes that were coming out of those fucking maniacs with their tiki torches screaming about the Jews will not replace yeah, us. Yeah, Jesus shit. Christ, I forgot about that. And uh, just being like, holy shit, this is crazy, and and the kind of realization that a lot of us had of like, there are so many of these fucking guys whose ideology is so explicitly fascist and whose iconography is directly, you know, in direct continuity with the iconography and symbolism of like, you know, American patriotism in general yeah. and more specifically like, you know, conservative iconography of like the flag and, stand up for the anthem and that kind of yeah, bullshit yeah, yeah. and like support the troops and all that dumbass shit and uh just kind of like that sort of you know red pill moment of like oh man like uh which we i don't know definitely this was not the first one but it was a real one in terms of like a there are just a lot of these guys out there and you look at them and you're like dude i know so many guys who look like this and yeah now I can just imagine them actually having all of these beliefs and stuff and just being like, oh, the seeds of this are further spread in like a popular sense than like maybe trunk selection or something, but in the same yeah. way. Yeah. But just of being like, oh man, it's this bad and it's at this level and it's 
uh, a direct result of all of this same like national mythos bullshit that I've been taught this whole time was like centrist and neutrally agreeable, but it's we're seeing it here as inherently like you know nationalist and fascist and explicitly racist and um it you know it kind of fusing that together in my brain in a way you know that i think it it did for a lot of us of like uh, you know the whatever kind of veil of uh acceptability or like center of the roadness of like american pride is just about being proud of your country it's like oh no it's fully like <laughs> way more nefarious it's, it's fully yeah yeah burning down the reichstag yeah. in 33 you know it's fully like yeah rooted um, in some pretty ugly fucking shit yeah yeah and then also before i went back to the fair the next day there was the massive protest in Charlottesville the next day and the murder, you know, of the terror, the white supremacist terrorist driving his car at full speed into a crowd of people and killing somebody. Yeah. So that had happened that day and was like fresh in my mind when I went back to the fair the next God. day Jesus and uh, just like saw it through like new eyes and stuff, you know, where I, these fucking guys were in there like, you know, Liberty God, Freedom T-shirts and yeah. like mega hats and all this other dumbass shit. Were less just sort of like worthy of ridicule and ridicule and more of like I was like, oh, these are all the people of adhering to the same sort of white supremacy death cult, and yeah. are all hopped up on all this shit. And um, I uh, was like. Look, I look like I looked like myself still then. <laughs> Did you? And was like wearing a Hawaiian shirt and like <laughs> my chacos and shit, chakras. and had like a media credential, and was just like by myself walking oh around my filming God, it, John. And um, it's in the hornet's really nest for anyone in, in the media. context of yeah, the immediate kind of real world events at the time was just like oh, I'm. It's I, I am one person separate from this mob who's yeah. pretty homogenous and is a fucking mob like yeah. they've got the numbers and shit. Yeah. And just being like, oh my god, all what are these fuck just just in that in that explicit headspace after watching what had what was going on in Charlottesville being like, what are these people capable of? Right. Like, it seems like they're so much more explicitly violent than i had always assumed up until this point hmm. and then i'm at the like biggest social gathering of the people in my area who adhere to the same ideologies as that yeah and i'm like you know they hate the press and they i've got really a press credential and shit you were the fake news and I, so i was just feeling very conspicuous the whole time and and it was very strange and then things really kicked off when i got in early and got my seat to film the kind of specific rodeo bits of it. Oh, yeah. And I started out in the stands, and I just went over into, like, the farthest corner of the stands. I was just, like, sitting there by myself and just watched as they just filled in with these, like, grotesque-looking <laughs> people and families and stuff, to my mind, with all of their, like, regalia and bullshit <laughs> and just listening to all their conversations and shit. And then... uh and just being like, oh my God, there are 
so many more of them than me. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and I'm like maybe the only one here who's not super into everything that's going on right now. Yeah. And the then the kind of spectacle that unfolded was just like insane. <laughs> Because uh, they all filed in and then they start, you know, they got the kind of show on the road where they started things off. There's like an announcer guy who just the archetype of me is like everybody's kind of like, uh, you know, I think pretty much everybody has a version of this, but they're like Montana uncle who's like thinks that he is a real funny like smart guy yeah and always has something witty to say but then it's just like a regurgitative conservative idiot yeah um and but just like thinks he's a real cut up but then you get to like uh and you kind of like think he's sort of funny as a kid because he'll tell you like dirty jokes and stuff but then you kind of get get a little older and you're like what a fucking loser (laughs) (laughs) he's kind of that kind of guy but uh just a real you know class clown kind of energy but uh was just kind of telling a little bit of jokes and getting everyone hyped up and then he's like and now whatever and it was this sort of rodeo flag procession where it's like oh god um all of these people on horseback carrying different montana and american and you know military bullshit or whatever kind of dumb flags and like riding in this whole big procession and there's this insane tonal shift where the guy who is normally just telling like jokes is now like, you know, we're here to, to stand for the national anthem and the national anthem represents like our freedom and like our right to like stand and defend for that freedom and pray and pray in public and like love our country in public and just starts going. And it turns into this just sort of like what I've, what I've learned you know, really uh, from that moment and since that moment of like just how much of the right wing discourse in this country is this sort of like masturbatory, defiant attitude against a persecution that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, where like the rhetorical angle of the whole thing from everybody in that fucking stadium except for me was like fuck yeah the liberals don't want us to do this yeah. but we're doing it anyway <laughs> like, like it's not politically it to correct to do this anymore maybe but you know we're still a group of people who stands up for these sort of things oh when it's just God. like who the fuck cares but just like go you know doing like a communal prayer over the loudspeaker and Jesus talking about Christ. how like fucking defensive they need to be of like their second amendment like our great rights in this country like our first amendment rights to free speech and free assembly and freedom of religion and we can pray in public and we should pray in public and our right to bear arms and everybody got really stoked at that of course and all this shit and that and and just this truly like orwellian like you know redneck rodeo like it is truly like that scene in borat where he goes to the rodeo like it was that grotesque of just like um yeah christian racial facet fascism white christian racial facet fascism and uh just being like i'm in fucking i you know i it's like i'm in uh i like the hitler youth games like it really is like 
I, I'm in, you know, the Rhine in 37 and it's like a summer, yeah, <laughs> a summer like beer drinking competition. But like, we've got to say a few words about the Fuhrer before, yeah. like, it's truly at that level, but just in like in classic American fashion in the stupidest, trashiest way possible. Yeah. And what I'll never forget about that moment is how seamlessly this like, group prayer slash um flag march turned into a johnny cash impersonator singing the national anthem without even skipping a beat and without me really even noticing what happened like i was just sort of in this trance of being like i'm living in a nightmare (laughs) without really paying attention and kind of stopping attention was being said and then all of a sudden i was like wait what the fuck is going on it was part of the prayer the lead singer of cold hard cash doing his johnny cash impression singing the national anthem and everybody around like getting super into it like it was a rebellious act. We don't kneel. And like me being feeling very conspicuously like I'm the only one in this place who's not super rabidly into everything that's going on yeah. right now. And just being like, oh my God, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um crowd mentality on that. Ugh. Jesus Christ, dude. The dude. whole mob thing. And I mean, you're right, man. That's I would have been nervous in your shoes, given the time. And also, it just, you know, again, the timing of it. <laughs> yeah, literally, uh, like, the, the thing, the, all everything, all that I had been doing this whole, you know, the whole rest of the day before this was just like watching the news and learning about fucking <laughs> white supremacist terror at Charlottesville. Yeah. And how, you know, just like the kind of lasting image of that was like the popular numbers of them in the streets and being like, there's so fucking many of these guys. Yeah. And they're, you know, you could see what they look like and they, they're just those pathetic guys that you knew that they were beforehand. Yeah. And, but like, gathered together in that way and capable of such like desperate acts of violence as they are. It's just like then being in this situation, I was like, Oh man, here in the same way are all these people who I had been, been able to see them for their, all their visual calling cards before and just thought that they were worthy of derision. Yeah. But now I'm like, there should be, I don't know. I'm scared of them now. And they're like capable of like, fucking lynchings essentially and like you know domestic racial terror and like oh dude um, given the problem and and just being like uh, you know the part of that sort of like necessary chain of realizations that we've all kind of been on since 2016 of like oh like american conservatism as it exists in both major parties is like you know, whatever guys of respectability is gone at this point, and it is just like an infrastructure of white supremacy. And like, um, you know, it's, you know, it's backers like this are just like, that's why they like it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, there's no point anymore trying to call it out, trying to call out conservatism in this country for its fascism, because like, if in 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 the way that liberals do where they think that that's going to make its adherents be like oh shit well we don't want to do that and like turn away from it because yeah. it's like you know the lesson we I learned then and and numerous times before and since it's just like oh no that's they understand the explicity or like the explicitness of of you know what is 
being promised to them yeah. and that's why they like it yeah. you know like it reinforces it's not like they like, just don't get it or they're yeah. falling unsuspecting victims to it it's like no 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 that's the part they like about it the most is the part where he like explicitly threatens violence against brown people like right. that's what they like about trump's speech the most. well and they're constantly <laughs> reinforced by themselves telling you know themselves each other that they're somehow this like oppressed yeah minority this fetish that's like trying to return resistance you know that's fighting the good fight to get yeah. the, this this oppressed people back into the light again because they've lost so much and it, you know that that's an addicting feeling um but it's also like yeah incredibly dangerous and that and it seems anymore that the, those people are just getting more and more like nuclear with each other yeah yeah oh yeah and i mean that's that's that kind of in inherently one of the most inherently sort of contradictory things about white people as like a whole and as an oppressor in general is how much the most rapidly white supremacist like you know prop the most rapidly white supremacist propaganda and also just like ideology and symbolism and iconography and everything it fetishizes so much the suffering that it has caused and does cause yeah. and like is rooted so much in this just like weird like subconscious seeming level of like self flagell flagellation desire of like um wanting to portray ourselves in, in certain ways as like vic the victims of the things that just like we have done to everybody else you yeah. know but then it's just like it's such an impossible argument to argument to make with any kind of rationality that you have to get people there through just like pure you know nationalist dirty tricks and shit like that yeah um and I think that's how you can see those kind of that. And also in like the liberal version of it too, you can see why that just like leads people who buy it hook, line and sinker to just like go down the rabbit hole so fucking far and degenerate so fucking much because it takes such a kind of willful ignorance to perceive the world in that way from the get-go and that's like the cornerstone that it's all built upon yeah and so you know it's just like easy then to just default slip into but it, it does it yeah. does make me think of something that i like to say about a lot of these people which is like everybody knows that there is a conspiracy yeah but just like they don't very rarely do they ever have the right one figured out right you know and so i think a lot of this manifests out of like this inherent objectively true feeling that is like in everybody in modern you know late capitalist society that is just like something something is really fucked up and it should it's not working the way that it should be working mm -hmm. and there's a, a disconnect between what i get sold as this ideal way of existence and then like what is just even possible in the society that has been created around me yeah and it's like you know as I believe, and I think is objectively true, the kind of real conspiracy there is just of like capitalist hoardings of wealth and then all the systems of inequality that it creates to sustain that. Yeah. You know? But like um that sort of emotional hole and disconnect of 
the world as I experience it is different than the one that I am sold. Yeah. People just fill that with whatever yeah, is get least boring, really, yeah. most of the time to them. Um, and like so many of these fucking people just uh, love to think that like <laughs> making a big show about taking off your cowboy hat and standing as uh, a man <laughs> who's like an avowed defender of people who have been accused of sexual assault <laughs> sings the national anthem in a Johnny Cash impression and just think that that is like a noble and meaningful like act of patriotic defiance. Yeah. It's just a nightmare to me. It was, it was a nightmare to experience. God damn. Yeah. That sounds hellish, boy. It was hellish. I would like to see that time lapse sometime. Yeah, it's probably still up there. You can probably yeah. still find it if you look hard enough on yeah. the internet. Yeah, the video that I ended up making was like completely sanitized. Of just because I was like, I if you know, if I made a video about my real experience, it would be like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I felt I felt like I was Indiana Jones when he ends up at that Nazi book burning and gets Hitler to sign oh, right. his diary. Like that, it's what it felt like yeah. for me. Jesus and, Christ. Uh, it was truly macabre, macabre, you know. Macabrage. It was macabrage, dude. <laughs> yeah, I heard Yeah, yeah. Like I never would have thought that that high school boy uh, impressing girls by cuddling with a giant fat pig would be not the most disturbing thing I saw that whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the Johnny Cash impersonator national anthem at the rodeo that was. <laughs> yeah a true true surrealist nightmare right yeah it was it like a me, kenneth anger film it makes me think of like the elvis hologram and blade runner like you just stumbled upon that and it was just yeah like, yes seemed yeah. so uncanny yeah, yeah but like the most like grubby true detective westy white trash version yeah. of that you know like yeah. um yeah, there, yeah, just like, yeah, it was, it was grim. It was really grim. A I never want to go back to a rodeo. Hundred percent grim spectacle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah do not recommend. I don't even know if they'll happen. You know. Yeah, I, I think they were at the last that I remember seeing it was that they were like, "No, nah, we're still doing it. We're still doing the fair." And I was like, "Of course, the fair would be the one." Exactly. That they would yeah. Stick around, have, but maybe they have canceled it by now. Who knows? But goddamn four H concessions. It stand. won't matter to me or not. Yeah, that set the tone for the whole weekend. Yeah, <laughs> arriving there and it was choking on fucking smoke. Yeah, be you know blood red sun hovering over me, walking into a fire. Oh god, smelling like porta potty. Yeah, ish. Ugh. it was Ooh. grim. It was a grim spectacle, my boy. Yeah, um, yeah. and it happened. Exactly three years ago. It'll uh, be th- probably three years ago to the day mm. that this episode comes out tomorrow. I'm it, glad which is you just made a, it out alive. Yeah, dude, a circumstance. As a, as a prudent fake. member of the Missoula fake news, you know. That's true. I, I mean, no longer. I, I was not, yeah. not still employed there. But yeah, dude, it really, it the, as I've been thinking about it today, because I just kind of was like, oh, I figured this out today. But uh, it truly is just like kind of... <laughs> In a lot of ways that we don't need to get into all of them on the pod, it uh, feels very time is a flat circle right. of just like, um, it's hot as fuck right now. Uh, I'm living 
by myself when I was living by myself at the time. Yeah. And like um, during times of great upheaval by alt right, yeah, disgusting motherfuckers. And, yeah, and also times of personal upheaval. Right. And it's just like uh, it's a real time as a flat circle moment. Yeah. It's like. Uh, same time of year, same day, a lot of the same shit happening. But I will not be physically attending, so I guess there's an improvement there. Yeah. Glad to <laughs> I'm hear I'm making it. videos about snails now. Not, yeah, you're on to bigger and better not, things. Uh, not uh, grim spectacles. Yeah. So, you know, similar but different. Yeah. Changed slightly, or at least. Uh, yeah, but paralleled. Parallel. Parallel. It's a parallelogram. It is a parallelogram. Time is a parallel. <laughs> Time is a flat parallelogram. <laughs> Time is a rhombus. Um, but yeah, that's that's. I don't think there's much more to that story. Honestly, Jesus. at this point. Yeah, I don't think I had ever gotten the full scope of it, so that was the interesting to hear. I didn't know that he walked in literally to this 4-H concession stand fire. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And it was that yeah. adds to it. The closer I got, the thicker the smoke. You know what I mean? It was oh, like, I it know was what like, you mean. There was like a, it was, yeah, it was foreboding. Damn. Well, yeah, thanks for sharing, dude. An Holy apocalyptic shit. scene. Yes. What are we checking in next time with? Um. Well, it, it, scheduling is going to be a factor here. Um. So we'll have to see, but the next one will be our 30th episode. <sighs> The big three zero. I know. Whoever thought we'd get there. No one likes you when you're 30. Um, so we are gonna be marking that occasion by doing a special episode with a very special guest. Um about a uh, an extremely formative yeah. um uh, moment that I think in hindsight, more and more, the more that I think about it, it sort of solidified our relationship mm -hmm. in like a tonal sense, yeah. you know, like, like it was an experience that the way that we went through it together and related it to each other, we were like, okay, we're sort of perceiving things on a yeah, pretty we're similar on the, wavelength here. <laughs> we're on the same page. Um, so th that will either be this next episode, the 30th proper, or because of some remaining to be seen things about scheduling it might come out on the 31st yeah. episode which will continue our trend as we did with the 20th episode of celebrating the milestone on the next <laughs> yeah, successive yeah, episode yeah. so maybe we should just do that anyway but, yeah, you know, but uh, what will be coming up of course we will be talking about the famous uh, I don't know how famous it is but our very formative uh, week as dare camp counselors <laughs> yeah. in high school. It's crazy to think about. That's drug awareness, resistance education, summer camp counselors. Yeah. Um, it was even more mo baffling than I you could imagine just hearing oh, us tease it out. Yeah, truly some lurking hostile vibes in that place. Yeah, it... Yeah. Uh, Truly, and, and I think, like you said, we stepped through a certain threshold yeah, together. Yeah, truly a Twilight Zone type experience. <laughs> yeah, like, right. we'll talk about it in more detail. Right. But, um, yeah. That's going to be a real fun, special one. 
coming out. So stick around for that. Again, yeah. keep uh, we got a few ratings on iTunes. Nice. Nobody left a review. But we got a few five star ratings on Ooh, iTunes, so keep rating. Yeah. Go if you if you just rated but didn't leave a review, go leave a review, and uh, keep rating, keep liking and subscribing. Tell your friends about this show. Don't eat ass. Don't eat ass. Wash your hands. Wash. <laughs> and stay safe. Wear a mask. Wear the damn mask. As Ma- did you see that Matthew McConaughey video? I did. Yeah. Wear the damn mask. <laughs> we make an I- We all make individual changes. And that's how we make a collective change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you got to ask yourself, how can I be better? How can I do more? How can I contribute so that you know <laughs> I help people that I wear the damn mask? I, I keep thinking he's gonna be done, and then he's just like, <laughs> he's like "Get something. ready, ding ding! America is in the ring. It's showtime. We're fighting. Let's go, baby!" You know, just yeah. like so much. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, watch that video. Watch that video to get yourself hyped. Yeah. And uh, most importantly of all, remember who loves you, baby. <laughs> 